I think college really is a great trainer how to be a worker. Yep. And I never wanted to be a worker. I was kind of sick of that. And I knew that if I got into that system, I'm a pretty loyal guy. So if I got into a job at 23, I would have a hard time quitting or trying to find something I really wanted. And then you had in a wife and kids. And then you really, I could see how 10, 15, 20 years go by without you ever doing anything that you actually are passionate about. You're listening to the Steady Trade Podcast, a podcast that inspires traders to make meaningful strides and pursue their passions. Your hosts are Tim Bowen, the lead trainer at Stocks to Trade Pro, Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street coach, and Steven Johnson, the up-and-coming trader who's always willing to learn. Together, we'll sit down with experts to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and discuss how all traders can level up their trading careers. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. Today, we've got another young trader, a young man. Again, I keep doing this on these podcasts. Where's, where are the ladies at? In the, in the words of Beyonce. Um, but anyway, um, another young trader, another young man with a great work ethic went into trading because he, you know, he, he followed the similar path that I did. He, he went to college just because he didn't know what else to do and then truly found his passion in trading. Um, still a young guy, uh, early twenties. I, I can't, I mean, I think 23, 24, he mentions it in the podcast. I might say it wrong, but early twenties and, uh, is really pursuing his dream. He's got, he's in the office with Jack Kellogg. If you haven't listened to the episode with Jack, I, I, I reference it all the time. One of my favorites. Look, you know, Go in the archive, check out the episode with Jack Kellogg, another young guy, and him and Dom actually work together. So today we've got Dom, a.k.a. Michael G. Scott on Profitly. You can check out his trade results. Pretty wild. Um, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in trading profits, and he's only a couple of years in. And he dropped some good knowledge and I, I don't, you know, spoiler alert, hit the little skip ahead if you don't want a spoiler, but a lot of stuff we talk about is less is more, um, focusing on minimal amount of setups, you know, so many recurring themes on this podcast, but I tell you the recurring themes because they're important themes. They're important things that you should be focusing on. So another great episode with another great young trader. I bring you Dom, Michael G. Scott. So as I mentioned in the introduction, we've got Dom here, uh, Michael G. Scott on Profitly, which everyone jokes about. But, you know, I know who that is. I know the show, but I have to admit, this as old as I am, I've never seen an entire episode of The Office. I know that is probably blasphemy to many of you listeners out there, but I've got too many hobbies. But anyway, Michael G. Scott on Profitly. Dom is his real name. And, uh, you know, another one of these, I call these kind of these episodes Trader Spotlight or whatever you want to call them. But I love, if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you know, um, I love seeing young people getting after it. Uh, that, that is something that's inspirational to me. Uh, we actually just got back from the Trader and Investor Summit, and I kind of went on a rant there. Um, even though I'm practically 50, it drives me nuts when people complain about the youth of today because there's guys like Dom out there. There's guys like Jack. If you've listened to the episode with Jack Kellogg, we talked a lot about that work ethic and that getting after it. So um, I'd kind of like to go over that again today with, with Dom. So, so welcome to the podcast, Dom. Thanks for having me. 
So let's just, uh, you know, what I like to do with these episodes is let's, let's start at the beginning. Um, or, or I should say slightly before the beginning. You know, what were you, uh, you know, what were you, what were you doing before you started, you know, before you started looking for trading and, and maybe what was the catalyst? I mean, what, I mean, it's, it's the day, it's, it is the simple fact. At some point, I'm guessing you Googled how to make money in stocks or, how to trade stocks. So what was going on before you Googled that and what kind of brought you to Google that? Uh, well, I was in school. I was in college here in Michigan um, in my senior year. Um, I always knew that I didn't want to use my degree. I didn't want to have a normal nine to five job. Um, but at that point, I really had no other options. I'd gone through the whole school system and hadn't really started any businesses or come up with any other ways to, uh, make money besides the traditional route. Um, so it was my senior year. I was skipping a lot of classes, not really taking it seriously, um, knowing that it was inevitable that I was going to have to get that nine to five job eventually. So trying to have some fun and enjoy the last of, uh, school before entering the real world. Um, and I was on YouTube doing a present, uh, watching a presentation for a class I'd skipped. Um, and writing a paper on that, and then so what? What was your just just for the list? Or what was your major? What were you? What were you uh, studying? Finance. Okay. Okay. So yeah, and yeah, the class was like income taxation or something or something about annuities. Um, and once I finished that little video, there was a recommended tab on the right side, and it was a video of Tim Sykes on Steve Harvey. You know, millionaires, penny stock trader Tim Sykes. So that was the first time I had ever seen it. Um, I then went on a just started searching penny stocks, how to make money doing it, who was the teachers, the educational stuff for it, reading books, um, and eventually decided that this was going to be the thing that was going to get me out of that nine to five job. And um, here we are now. But now, now I want to I want to kind of get a little bit of a background on that. So um, you say you wanted to escape the nine to five, but did you ever even have a job, or did you you know did did you did you go through it, or did you just know? You, you wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, well, I've, I've been working since I was like 15 or 16 ever okay. since. I, I wasn't allowed to have a car when I turned 16 unless I had a job. So that work like kind of got instilled in me right away. Um, I was a dishwasher at a pizza place, cut it, cutting pizzas. It was a buffet, so serving on the buffet. And then in college, in the summers, I worked landscaping, worked my way up to foreman, um, working 50, 60 hours. A week, um, in the grilling hot summers here in Michigan, getting dirty, spreading mulch, planting. Um, and through all that, I kind of just realized I didn't want to like trade time for money anymore. Okay. Um, I didn't like the idea because I was making good money doing landscaping, but the physical distress and then just mentally drain on you six days a week, not have any free time to live your life or do anything. Um, I just didn't like the whole idea of that. I'm also like to be a little different than everyone else. I just kind of didn't believe in the traditional approach and you just go to school. And my experience with college was I didn't learn much. So I really didn't <laughs> believe that it was worth the money anyway. Um, and yeah, so I just kind of was waiting for that big idea or big opportunity to try something else. Yeah. I think, you know, and, and, you know, my point is, you know, I, sometimes I get on a little bit of, 
anti-college rant. Um, but it, but it is interesting the the theme, you know, I've, I've, I've interviewed you, Jack, uh, Kyle, you know, I've interviewed a lot of young traders and it's just, you know, there, there's a, a theme there of just kind of recognizing that, okay, I'm graduating high school. I need to do something. I should probably go to college, but it, you pretty soon afterwards, whether it be one semester or 20 semesters later, you kind of recognize that just, this just isn't it. And I talk about that a lot on this podcast in that, you know, you were looking for something, you know, you found it, you're passionate about it. And, and that's something I want a lot of people to focus on is like, you got to really want to do this. It's got to kind of very, you know, pique your interest because if you're just coming to this to make money, your odds of success are probably way lower. But, uh, but I, I mean, I'm not a college basher, but when you're, uh, when you've got that entrepreneurial spirit, it almost makes me, you know, it's almost like when they talk about like, you know, you look at little kids that go to, you know, elementary school and they start out all artistic and crazy imaginations. And then that just gets killed in the school system. And I think, <laughs> I, I think entrepreneurship is like that with college, you know, um, I, I, I very, well, not not similar route to you. I mean, I, I went to college, but I always tell everybody I just went. I didn't, you know, I, I passed some classes. I dropped a lot of classes, you know. I, I was always a guy that would, you know, drop right before the deadline, you know. But uh, <laughs> but but I, I don't know. You know, I had a business. Um, you know, I'm I'm you know doing what I do now but with trading. I don't know if anything from college was applicable to anything I did in my professional career. So no, I agree. No, I think college really is a great trainer, how to be a worker. Yep. And I never wanted to be a worker. I was kind of sick of that. And I knew that if I got into that system, I'm a pretty loyal guy. So if I got into a job at 23, I would have a hard time quitting or trying to find something I really wanted. And then you add in a wife and kids and then you really, I could see how 10, 15, 20 years go by without you ever doing anything that you actually are passionate about. And I was just really scared of that potential outcome. So you, you did the Google search, you, you know, you, you found sites, you found other content out there. So let's, let's move it. So, so we've got act one. So you're, you're Luke Skywalker. You've decided that you want to leave Tatooine. So now you've, now you, now you've ventured in to penny stocks. So, so let me know what was the beginning like, you know, you know, so let's move into act two here. So I joined the challenge at the end of 2016, uh, still in school. Um, didn't place my first trade until January, 2017. Um, and I started a little prematurely. I was, had no true understanding of how much work was truly required to get any kind of footing in this game. Um, I mean, I was not even doing it on a daily basis, studying maybe a few hours a week. And then when I jumped into the market, I uh, was quickly humbled and learned that, you know, I was going to have to put in so much more time for this to make sense. And for this to now, now, wh- when, when you say humbled, was it, was it big losses or were you just like confused? You were like, what the hell, you know, cause, uh, cause that's, you know, it's easy to press a buy and sell button, but it's, but it's kind of hard to be like, okay, what just happened or why did I click the buy or sell button? No, what? No, I wasn't clicking the buy or sell button for the right reasons, but it was okay. the little things that I was shocked about, like misusing the platform, buying one when, when I'm trying to sell, like, <laughs> little things that aren't even, you know, 
things that you study, just how hard just the basics are. The mechanics of it. And then, yeah. And then the disconnect between like watching video lessons, watching DVDs, and then what it actually looks like in real time and how much quicker things happen. I mean, I remember being at the market open for those first few weeks and months and just your heart going nuts. The second nine 30 rings because there's just action everywhere. And when you have no focus and you don't know your niche and what you're good at, you know, you just see a million things move and it's really overwhelming at first. One, one, one side note I'd like to make, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I have a, you know, so you've got a trading office, which I think is really cool. We'll probably talk about it later. Um, I, I, I caught your buddy's name, but I didn't remember it. If you're, if you're watching on YouTube, I love it because I could tell this guy actually knows what he's doing. Because we're about 15 minutes in this podcast and all he's done is stare at like two charts and hasn't even touched the keyboard or mouse. I love it. You know, I, I talked about this at the conference this weekend. It, you know, so many new traders think trading is like, you know, it's like, it's like the movies where the guys type in 500 words a minute and, mouse, and click it everywhere. It's not real trading. I mean, I hate to break it to you, dear listener, real trading is staring at the same stupid chart for like six hours a day, waiting for it to do what you want it to do. So anyway, go back to what you were saying. <laughs> what was I saying? Um, well, we, we, you, you were, you know, you were looking at all again, back all the crazy action at the market open. You didn't know what you didn't know. So, yep. No. And then it was around that same time I had some health issues and they required me to leave school and graduate from home. And that was like the last little kick for me because I'd already knew that I had to kind of make this thing work by the end of summer that year because I was going to be graduating and then it was kind of like this or a real job. And I know that if it came to that situation, I know I already wasn't profitable at that point. The truth, I wasn't actually profitable at that point. So I would have had to probably get a normal job, but because of my health situation, I couldn't go get a normal job. So it gave me that extra time to figure this out, but it also gave me that extra time to actually say, you know what? I have the time now I need to commit to this. Um, it was really the only other thing I could do because school was really easy to finish from home. Um, so I just made the decision that I was going to start putting in the necessary hours. Um, and I don't know if that ever happened. If that didn't happen, if I would have put those hours in because I had full days where I could wait mean, for months and months, it was all day, every day. Interesting. So, so that, uh, you know, you know, to the, to the listener out there that, that, you know, may or may not know our friend Tim Sykes story, which was, you know, which was Dom's first mentor. Tim has a similar story, you know, when, when he, um, you know, what, what got him into trading, you know, basically quote unquote full time when he was in high school was that he, he, I mean, he was training all day long to be a pro tennis player, then had both his arms worked on. And was like, okay, what am I going to do now? He's stuck at a computer and I don't even know. I, I can't re- fully remember Tim's bio, but I believe he had like no interest in the stock market until he hit his, hurt his arms. And here we are, you know, freaking 25, damn near 30 years later. And he's where he is. But, uh, but it's interesting that, that you've got that, you made that point that maybe you'd still be half assing it in, in, for lack of a better term, if it wasn't for being stuck in a bed or whatever. So, nope. And yeah, that's how it was. Um, so I did start to put in the time. Um, and I was just struggling for the first 10 months, kind of everywhere, trading everything, Um, which everybody does. I mean, we've all, we've all, uh, you know, you know, that, that's, that's what we try and do with the podcast is maybe, you know, shortcut or, or just even, I think a lot of times, sometimes I'm just trying to rah, rah people because I mean, if you're 10 months in and you're like, 
and nothing is working, it's just a lot of the time it's just part of the process. I mean, I hate to tell you that, dear listener, but it's just kind of the way it goes. No, and that's, I mean, for that listener, I mean, you can't really look at any one person's time frame and how long it takes them. I mean, it took me 10 months and that was probably putting in more time than most people. Um, 12, 15, 17 hours a day for months and months and months. And people who are working a full-time job trading one or three days a week are wondering why they haven't figured it out in 10 months. I mean, that's realistic. You should have realistic expectations for yourself. Um, no, I did think I'd get it sooner. So it was a little disheartening that it took so long, but which everybody just, says, you know, again, no, every, you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, if, if, if you learn it in three years, you want it to be one and a half. If you're profitable in a year, you want it to be six months. If you're an outlier and you're profitable in six months, you, you know, you, Oh, I thought I could do it in three. I mean, everybody says the same thing. So no. Yeah. All that matters is that you get it and then you keep putting in the time because when it does come and when things do turn, it usually is pretty quickly. And then you wonder how you ever struggled or how ever, <laughs> how it was ever so hard. Um, you just got to get to that inflection point. So, so now you've, you know, you've, you've had that injury, you, you know, you've graduated. So you did get your degree and everything then? Yep. I you graduated. Did. Okay, cool. Um, is it right there? Is are you using it as a mouse pad? No, I don't, I don't know where it is. <laughs> I was waiting for you to like pick up. <laughs> I was hoping you were using it as, as a mouse pad. I kind of like that. <laughs> no, I cared so little. I didn't even attend my graduation. Um. So so now okay. So now you're uh, you know you're you're feeling better. You graduated. Um, so, so catch us up on the timeline. Where are we at in time and where are we at in trading here? So now we're back then the 10 months after the 10 okay. months. Um, yeah. So after that 10 months, I'd started to figure out kind of a more of a direction. I'd found some patterns that were working for me and they were mostly in the OTC, um, world. And at that point during 2017, there was a couple hot sectors. Bitcoin was running for a little bit and marijuana ran for a little bit. And I missed both of those sectors during while I was learning. I mean, I was watching everyone else make money and wondering how I wasn't figuring it out. Um, those were really like preparing me for what would be my turnaround. Um, because in September of 2017 is when a big marijuana boom hit again in that fall. And I was actually prepared at that time for it. And I started to find strategies that worked for my account size. I was under PDT, um, swinging stuff a lot overnight looking to just kind of rack up, you know, $500 overnight over and over and over again, sure. which was working tremendously at that time. Um, and just sticking to the patterns that were making sense to me. Once I figured out that OTCs was where I kind of was having some success, I cut out everything listed. I cut out all the shorts. Um, and I watched how much easier it is to make money when you're not giving it away 10 in 10 other places. Sure. Um, so I had some consistency. Um, that whole sector, I traded really well, got myself over PDT, um, and then positioned myself to continually improve my education, my experience throughout t- 2018. Um, had a pretty good year, um, trading pretty much just OTCs, trying to keep my focus. Um, and then this year, I had a great start to the year, trading um, my sectors, my OTCs, uh, and then kind of got away from that in March of this year and have had some growing pains and some more experiences I had to go through um, from getting away from my sector and away from my niche and, you know, things that I had to go through that are part of the journey and 
Yeah, well, you know, I, I know it's kind of a sore spot, but I think, uh, you know, again, we talk every, you know, the mistakes everybody makes. And, you know, I know I joked about the hero's journey, you know, the Joseph Campbell Star Wars thing, but, you know, there's always that act one and then he, and then he sets off on adventure and then there's the, you know, there's the injury or Darth Vader cuts off your hand or whatever, you know. Um, so, we, so now we've gone into the darkness. The hero goes out into the darkness. So, Talk about that. Well, what, what was the dark period? What, what what do you think was the cause? How did you get yourself out of it? So, um, well, I think it was like I just talked about when I became profitable, and then most of 2018, I was I was like really I was hungry. I was on the come up. Like I really wanted to make this work, so I was a lot more disciplined. I was patient for my setups. I attacked when it was aggressive when I needed to be, um, and I stuck stood stayed away from all the things that you know I knew that I wasn't great at. And I think this year, once I had, you know, I was like two years in, more experience, um, more money to sit on, more capital in my accounts. I think I got a little complacent. Um, and also in February, I had my best month ever. So I think I got a little bit too much of a confidence booster. Yep. Um, then I kind of, then things started to slow down in my niche and I started going after things that I normally wouldn't have. Um, like in 2018, it was pretty much the same cycle. It started the year hot and then it got slow, but I was, consistently profitable throughout 2018 um, a lot smaller during those summer months, but was still making the trades that were there when they were there and then leaving the market when it slowed down. And this year it was like, I was like set on staying here all day, every day. Um, I mean, at the market around seven, leaving at like four or five, like working longer than the nine to five guy that I was trying <laughs> to not become. Um, and it just led to a lot of mistakes. I was oversizing on non niche setups. Um, then because of the losses I was taking in my non-niche setups, I was not playing or screwing up my niche setups. Um, I took a few losses that are way bigger than I would have ever wanted to take, playing things that are way outside my niche. Um, just a lot of mistakes that were compounding, killing my confidence, and really just killing my groove. Um, and it took months to get myself centered and reorganized and um, getting back to discipline and the patience that got me to where I am. It's actually two two great points there that I want to touch on. Number one, that sitting there all day long, man, been there, done that, been there, done that more. You know, one of the reasons I have so many freaking hobbies and I do so much stuff like around the house. I love, I love having an excuse like today. There's today pretty crappy. You know, I'm more of a Nasdaq guy. There's nothing out there today. I was so happy when I'm like, Hey, we got a podcast today. I had some stuff to do out, uh, you know, on a project in one of the buildings. It's like, I was glad because it's amazing how bad it can get when you start, you know, fishing for lack of a better term. When you're like, okay, this is my process. There's nothing here, but you know, you're here. You're like, well, you know, I got up early and you know, I'm, I'm here. The market's open. There's got to be something to trade, you know, and those never work. Almost never. You know, sometimes you get lucky. And then the second part that always blows me away. And again, been there, done that. When you do get outside that, it's weird how you've got your core set up and you'll like follow it to a T, especially like with the stop. And it's weird how like once you do something outside your niche, those are the, it always seems like those are the ones you let get away from you. Yep. Cause it's just like, you know, you, like you, I mean, I know you're a NASDAQ guy. So say you're in a, or, or an OTC guy. 
say you're in a NASDAQ and you'll be like, Oh, it'll bounce into the afternoon. You know, you start justifying and, and those, it seems like those are always the ones that get worse. You know, no, it was, it was like, okay, so I'll try this new setup that I want to learn while my niche is slow. I'll just start learning this listed long pre-market strategy or something, a reverse split setup or something. Cause like, I'll just use 200 to 500 shares. We'll start small. I'll risk like $50. Um, we're just learning. I know I'm not going to make money. And then all of a sudden I got 5,000 shares. <laughs> And it's like, I don't even know how it got there. It's just like, because you don't know what to expect, you just, you don't know how to plan for you. Your plan isn't going to be correct because you're just starting in it. Um, I don't know. It just, that's what happened all summer. And I just, I've had to really adjust my rules. And right now I'm not even trading in the morning. Beautiful. Because um, I found out when well, it's funny, I made that presentation for Orlando and after I was finished with it, I was like, wow, I have some really good advice. I wish I could follow it. <laughs> so I started making rules based on what I was telling other people to do. And I've had a couple good weeks of back to the way I started, really small losses, great risk reward on my wins, and just sitting and waiting. And I was finding out that I was all summer, I was losing a bunch of money in the morning, trying all these new setups, and then having to make it back in the afternoon on my niche setups. And I was like, wow, if I had just not even shown up for the morning, I'd have all these profits from the afternoon. Um, so I just cut out the morning trading. I'm still here. I look in case there's stuff I've been stalking. There's a couple things I'm allowed to play. Um, <laughs> we have a teaser in the office right now. And if you break your rules, you get <laughs> Um, make sure you make sure you record that i I, I, I will i will pay for that footage (laughs) haven't had to do it yet but no it's just and now i feel like i'm in control of my trading which is how i felt for years until this summer which where i felt like i was all over the place like i was at the will of the market and like i was just getting tossed around on roller coaster rides and so i just want to get back to that you know small losses Decent to big wins, and then every now and then a perfect setup will emerge, and I'll make a big gain on it, and just not losing all that money little by little everywhere else. And a couple of interesting points there. I kind of like the fact. Number one, I did miss your presentation at the conference. I think I was interviewing maybe maybe either Jack again, or, or maybe might have been Roland Wolf, but I did get a lot of good comments on your presentation. Um, so nice job. And then number two, it's interesting to me that point you made, like. As you're building your presentation, doing your slide deck, it like dawned on you that, hey, these are mistakes that I'm making. And that just goes back to that point I hammer all the time of going, you know, people say, oh, yeah, I I write a journal. Oh, yeah, I review my journal. And sometimes I'm like, well, are you really? And that's a great point to them. I mean, you know. Dom was, you know, he's got to build a slide deck. He's got to get ready to present for 45 minutes. So he actually looked at the data, actually reviewed things and was like, well, geez, I need to stay away from this. I need to stay away from that. So it's an interesting tip and doesn't surprise me that you found something out of that. So no, for sure. And it was like, cause I kept telling people like, go over your stats once a month. You need to get information and follow your information. And I was like, well, I kind of gotten away from that. I'd stopped, you know, paying attention to what I was doing. Stop. I kind of just thought I was conscious of all the mistakes I was making when in reality they were on a deeper level than that. And that if I had just gone through and looked at the data, you know, the answers were staring me right back in the face. Um, and I was, I don't know, too emotional, too stubborn to, to change. And I think that's a, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher the quote, but there's a quote about, you know, if you really want to learn something, you know, teach it. 
Uh, you know, if you're, you know, again, there's a quote out there. I, I can't remember it, but it's like, you know, you, you had to present in front of like 500 plus people. So you, you know, you put in the time, you know, and so, so I think it's a, it's a great technique, you know, even if you're, I don't know if you're teaching, if you're out there listening and you're trying to teach your kids or your buddies or something. I mean, it's a, it's interesting because, you know, you, you're, you're going to approach it differently if you've now got to verbalize this to someone else. So it's an interesting tip there. So, yeah. so last kind of, last kind of question, we'll kind of head home. Um, you know, something we talk about on the podcast constantly, people probably get sick of hearing me say it is focusing on that one setup, you know, that, that one style, that one setup, which you obviously have reinforced, but the biggest question I, I get as a follow up to that is, well, how do I do that? Okay. So, and I don't expect you to answer that. Obviously you can't answer that for everybody. You know, there's, I think last time I checked, there's 7.9 billion people that listen to the podcast. We're just working on that last half a million and then it'll be the whole world. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, you can't answer for everybody, but how did, how did you, how did you decide you know, which again, I love the name, the, what the OTC swizzle or whatever, whatever, you know, or focus on OTCs and you know, walk me through. How, how did you discover that? Well, I think the first time before this most recent switch back to my rules was I kind of got sick of losing and I got sick of, I mean, how to word this. Um, you get to that point where it's like, you know, trading's fun and everything, but it's more fun to make money. Um, and even though trading less isn't as much fun, um, you're going to be a lot happier, healthier, make more money in the process. So I think when you have the numbers in front of you that show you that you're not good at something, it should be pretty obvious and easy to just cut that out completely. Um, but it's not ex- always so easy. I was talking to someone at the conference who had been trading multiple years, the same setups and had never had a green month. And I was just wondering how you could trade that long with the same <laughs> setups and still lose um, without switching. It's like, I don't know if it's like just stubbornness or conviction in those setups, but you have to be willing to change. Like, like you know the solution. It's like, it's not simple. It's, it's easy. It's not simple or one of those, whatever. Um, you know, follow what your numbers are telling you to do because you're going to be more profitable. You might trade, you know, 50% as much as you are right now, but you'll probably make 50% or hundred percent more than what you're mm. making right now. Um, and this summer I just, I wanted to like become the jack of all trades, be able to trade long listed, short listed OTCs. Um, and I'm, unless you have 15, 20 years experience, I think that's really difficult to do as a, in your first few years of trading. So I think the best thing to do is just grow your account through things that you've been proven to succeed at and be consistently profitable at. Um, and even if it does get boring at times, like I don't know if that's what it was for me, but maybe I was just sick of the process and sticking to my rules and being patient. But doing that is just so much more better for your long run. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's funny. One of the, uh, I, I was talking about it in a, a stock trade pro webinar today. I'm like, for some of the people that weren't at the conference, I'm like, if I had to summarize the conference for you in like one sentence for all these guys, you know, Michael Good, Mark Crook, uh, Roland Wolf, you know, Huddy, you, Jack, you know, it's like all, if I had to pick one theme from the conference is less is more, you know, and, and to the new trader that is like, I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's like throwing acid on them. It's like, they don't want anything to do with it, but that is, you know, it's just, you get back to that point. Like you said, you're not trading mornings. You're only trading your setup 
and now it's less stressful. You're getting better results and you're actually, you know, you're, you're now a trader, not just a gambler throwing stuff at the wall. Well, it's like you always say how, um, part-time trading is like the answer. And I was I came upon like the conclusion that maybe part-time trading is the most po- profitable trading. Like yep. even though I'm full-time trader, like yep. if I treat it as a part-time thing, like only trading from one to four, if I make more money, then that's why push the envelope and have to be there the whole day or have to do all those other setups. And I don't know if it was, I think like I'm not a worthy trader because I can only trade these one or two patterns. Right. I mean, most the 90 some percent of people can't even find those one or two patterns that work <laughs> for them. So you might as well just milk what you got for all that's worth. Yep. Well said. Well said. So, um, again, thanks a lot, Dom. Um, how many, just, just real quick, how many, how many guys you got in the office now? Uh, just two. Jack's upstairs now in his room. Okay. Um, one of them's not here, but but the, but there's four another. like four of you guys that work together. Yep. Okay. Cool. Cool. So that's something you know. I just I want to throw out there before we wrap up. I mean, I think you know, especially if you're young and you're new, man. It, it, I, I like to think if I was you know in your guys is you know obviously I got a family, but uh, I think it's awesome to find somebody that's like minded. That that was a big part of what I talked about at the conference as well, um, and. The beauty of it is if you've got those trading buddies, you've got the taser, baby, you know, <laughs> so, so, you know, you know, if it happens, you know, probably kind of hard to tase yourself. I guess you could do it, but you'd have yeah. to be pretty bold, but yeah, no. <laughs> no, what it does is it's good for accountability. You know, when you're starting off and you're sitting, you know, alone in your house, it's really easy to make dumb decisions, go against yep. your plan. There's no one watching you. It's you versus you. But when you have this accountability, you know, you have these rules. We all have our separate rules and we're all following them now. And, you know, you have to admit when you broke rules or if you're planning on breaking rules or, and it's good just to be in, um, just talking about trading all day long. Like you said, teaching every, I mean, there's like levels to all this, like he can help him and I can teach him. And when you're constantly, um, you know, talking about it and giving advice and, you know, taking advice, you're just absorbing so much all the time that it really can help you excel a lot quicker. Cool. Well, I tell you what, Dom, thanks a lot again. I appreciate you coming on the podcast and, uh, um, a lot of great stuff here. And, and you know, and, and, and I always say, man, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. <laughs> um, I didn't, I didn't find day trading until I was, you know, 15 years older than you. So it's a great, you know, it's one of those things where it's really hard. There's ups and downs and it is nice to be able to be starting when you don't have, like when I started, Hey, I had, two babies. I had a mortgage. It was, it was intimidating. And so if you're out there, I mean, and listening to this and, and, and you want to get started, the, you know, one of my favorite sayings is the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. And the second best time is today, you know, so <laughs> get started today. So thanks a lot now. Thanks for having me. That concludes this episode of the Steady Trade Podcast. And as usual, if you have any questions, concerns, or recommendations for us, please check us out at SteadyTrade.com, where we actually post transcripts of the episode and recap blog posts of the episode. It's a great resource if you're looking to expand your trading and get a more immersive experience from the Steady Trade Podcast.